morning, everybody. Uh, Dr. Rick Wallace dropping in on you. Hope that you are up, moving about, set, ready to go, uh, taking the time to get yourself in the proper state. Uh, I hope that you are committed uh, to being everything that you can be, uh, to live in life at the level of your design. And um, I'm going to stop by and talk to you about something that I think is immensely important today. Uh, although I haven't done it yet, when I finish, he hello, what's going on, Kim, uh, Dwayne? Uh, although I haven't done it yet, when I finish uh, this live stream, I am going to enter some resources uh, that you can use to help uh, position yourself for success. So uh, I want to just let you know that much. I'm going to do that after the fact. So once the, once the video is ended, I will immediately come back and upload some things. Uh, again, I'm doing this from my phone. Uh, I didn't have time to set, set up the stream uh, the way I wanted to. So uh, here I am. Uh, it's a lot quicker to just turn this on and go. Uh, and I got a lot of things I need to get done today. Uh, so I'm trying to uh, optimize time. Uh, and then I'll come back and I load and obviously typing and loading things on the phone isn't as easy as when you have it set up on your desktop system. So anyway, uh, I'm going to have that information there. So if you want the books, if you want to work with me, you want to uh, enroll in the uh, Mastering Money um, course, uh, which is a 12 month course. Um, all of that's going to be in there. Uh, so that's that. Today I'm going to talk about the need to stop living life in the middle. Uh, and there's going to be some things I'm going to go over and I'm going to be as transparent as I possibly can with you. Uh, while encouraging you, uh, I want to also make you aware of the price of excellence, the price of pursuing something beyond what is normal, the price of stepping outside of the middle, uh, middle ground. Uh, I think that far too often middle is comfortable, middle, mediocrity, average is where everybody plays so nobody feels out of place and nobody feels pushed. And it's pretty much, if I just show up and do what everybody else is doing, I'll pretty much get what everybody else is getting. And I'll pretty much be seen and viewed as everyone else is seen and viewed. And so I'll make that my comfort zone. And we play in the middle. We, we get comfortable with just simply being average and you know, there are people, the one thing that I can tell you is this, having done what I've done in my lifetime, uh, having, having a significant part of my life played out in the public, uh, both good and bad. The one thing I can tell you is this, that life isn't about making everybody like you. Uh, if you were to look at my analytics, uh, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, um, you know, wherever, you, you will find that very rarely 
do I spend a lot of time coming back and checking comments? And, you know, and I know the experts because I literally have a, a media company. So I, I know that engaging uh, followers is important. Uh, and then like when I do this video, if somebody says something that requires a response, like, you know, maybe I'll come to a good morning and say good morning. Maybe I won't. It's not that I'm not saying good morning, but I will like uh, the comment. Uh, but if somebody says, hey, you did this for me or hey, I like that or hey, I have a question, I'll respond to those. Uh, but just coming back, I don't. And what I'm trying to get you to understand is some people are going to like you. Some people are not. Some people will see what you're doing. Some people won't. Some people will see the good in you even when you're failing and others will see the bad in you no matter how great you're performing. And if you get caught up in giving gravity to the random opinion of other people, you will start to take on their idea of who you are. You will start to begin to allow the opinions of other people to define you. You will start to speak in your self-talk concerning yourself about, you know, whatever it is you're doing based off of what someone else thinks of it. And so like when, you know, I've got a couple of, uh, videos on YouTube right now that are getting, you know, uh, a lot of attention, uh, thousands of comments and I haven't been back. <laughs> and, you know, while most of them I know just based off of the analytics I'm getting from like, say who likes it, who doesn't like it, most of them are going to be positive concerning me. And there are going to be some negative ones where I'm going to be told how stupid and dumb I am and all that. That just comes with the terror. That, then that'll be, there'll be the trolls that are there solely to sit up and disrupt everything that you're trying to do. And they'll be in there too, and you'll get caught up in that. The thing is this, I am literally deaf to the both sides of the spectrum. And people ask me, what, what does that mean? I hear the praises and I get the pats on the back and I'm appreciative of them, but I don't rest in them. I get the attacks and the degradation, but it doesn't impact me. What impacts me is me being able to go to bed at night saying I gave my best to what it is that I'm passionate about that I didn't leave anything on the table. I didn't shortchange my purpose. I didn't shortchange my potential. Um, and so what am I trying to get? I'm trying to uh, set the stage of how I want to share this with you. You know, you get a lot of people who will give you the impression that because they consider themselves successful, that they've got it all figured out, that it all works. You know, I deal with a lot of micro failures. In fact, my mentor told me 30 years ago that I was going to be extremely successful and that I would not have a ceiling because I failed forward. I was willing to fail. I set my standards so high. I had such an optimal, uh, I mean, uh, such a uh, optimistic projection or expectation for myself that I shot for the moon, rally hitting it, but definitely entering into the atmosphere. In other words, I rarely hit a goal that I set when I set the goal for, because I set it so high. But when I, when I don't hit the goal, say I set a goal for next week on Wednesday and I get there and I haven't hit the goal, but I guarantee you I'm significantly further 
from where I am today and closer to the goal I set than I was when I started. And so what does that mean? That means when I set a goal that's so huge, what it does is it challenges me to get every ounce of me out of me. It doesn't give me wiggle room. You know, when you set these easy to reach goals, when you play the mediocre game, when you play in the middle, it, you look at it and say, man, I got that. So you, you, you take 30 minutes to go do something that has no meaning, that does nothing, that gives nothing to the world, that, that doesn't contribute to your legacy. But you got time because you got your goals set so low that you know you can hit them. And what happens? You leave all that potential behind. And that time, 80, 86,400 seconds in a day. 86,400 seconds in a day. Every last one of those seconds has purpose. And when you treat them casually, you kill the purpose of that time and you never get it back. And then what you don't want to do is end up at the end of your life having all this time that you treated casually and didn't get anything out of it. And so many things that were a part of your purpose that you did not fulfill that dies with you because it was meant for you to do. See, you can't, tr you can't count on anyone else doing what you're supposed to do and say, well, you know, if I don't do it, somebody's going to do it. Well, whatever somebody else is doing is within the scope of their purpose. In other words, if I'm living out my purpose on 100, meaning I'm living my life on full, I have no time to do what you're supposed to be doing. So whatever I'm doing, I'm doing it because it's my purpose. And so what you don't do, if everybody's living to the fullest extent of who they are, nobody's doing what you were supposed to do because only you can do it. And then you die with that as a part of your legacy. So what I can tell you is, no, I'm not perfect. No, every decision isn't made the right way. No, I doesn't. No, I don't get it right all the time. That's what. That's not what this is about. This is about going out every day and putting in the work, being a contributor. And I'm going to tell you what success means to me before this is over with. Success is so much more than the zero number of zeros in your bank account. It's good to have money stacked. But it's to me better to be an impact, better to be someone that people are looking at and saying, because I met this person, my life is better because I engaged this person. They helped me to understand some things about my life. They helped me to believe in myself. They helped me to change things. They gave me a plan. They came in and spoke into my life when I was just about to give up. I was this close to committing suicide. And what they spoke into my life changed my It's That's so much more powerful, influential and lasting than what's in the bank account. I'm not saying be stupid and don't build financially. I'm not saying that. I'm definitely not saying that. That's a part of responsibility and it needs to be done. But things happen. You got to hang your hat on something that can't change. Your effort can't change. You control your effort 100%. Your work ethic can't be changed. So if you wake up every day and you put in the work, it may not show up today. It may not show up tomorrow, but I guarantee you, if you're consistently waking up every day and you're putting in the work and you're putting out good, it's coming back. Trust me, it's coming back. But you've got to put it out and you've got to have a standard of excellence, a standard of performance. Doesn't mean you get everything right. It means that your goal is to get it all right, that you're not going to be satisfied when you get it wrong, that when you get feedback and it says you're not where you want to be, you know, feedback from feedback from your clients, feedback from your business, uh, uh, business peers, feedback from your children, feedback from your spouse. When you get it back and it tells you, hey, you got to work on this. You, you failing right here. 
you, you it, it should make you feel some kind of way, but you shouldn't be mad at them if they're bringing attention to something you need to work on. But it should feel bad, but it shouldn't destroy you. It shouldn't tear you down. Not if your intentions are to rise to the level of your uh, of your desire. Not if your intentions is to be good towards people. It's simply out there. If you're out there, you're gonna make some mistakes. You're gonna make some people some people unhappy. What are you doing to change it? What are you doing to evolve? What are you doing to build? How are you becoming better? That's what it's about. It's about seeing an opportunity and then executing. Instead of sitting up and seeing it, there's a, there, there, there is a, um, a quote that you've heard me use before. It's one of my favorite quotes. It's definitely in my top five all time. And it's simply, it's by Pastor Stephen Furtick. And I, I love it. It, it, it. It's, it's, make it what you want to be, but, but, but listen to it. It says that if the vision that you have for your life isn't so huge, that it intimidates you, there's probably a good chance it's insulting God. If the vision that you have for your life isn't so huge that it intimidates you, it's probably a good chance that it's insulting God. That's where it needs to be. Stop living in the middle. Stop playing it safe. I'm not saying be foolish. I'm saying get everything out of yourself. I'm saying put it all out there. Stop playing in the middle because that's where most people are. You don't want to be where most people are. You want to be where God designed you to be. And a lot of times that's going to have you in a place where you are not going to be doing or feeling or acting like most people. That's the uniqueness of your gift. That's the uniqueness of your design. You weren't designed to be like everybody else. You were designed specifically to touch the world in a way that only you can do it. And the thing is, it doesn't matter where you started. That's what's so gorgeous about this life. I have met people who, you know, have literally been thrown in dumpsters and totally took the world by surprise. Seeing kids who came up in abusive homes turn around and become unbelievable unbelievable champions and, and highly successful and in, in different ways. Everybody, success isn't defined in one small corner of your existence. We get so caught up in how people perceive us that we put our whole weight of how successful we are in how we are perceived. You know, if, if, if people knew I was going through this, they wouldn't think I, man, look, not everything is meant for everybody to know, but never be ashamed to be going through your process because your process comes in steps and every step you take is not going to be a joyous one. But that's the beauty about steps. Steps are temporary because you're going to take another one and another one. And eventually that step that felt so horrible, so bad, and maybe even embarrassing is behind you now. That's the beauty of life is that it's a process that's moving. And if you're planting good seeds, you're putting in good work, you got good work ethic, you staying committed to what you said you were going to be committed to, you're going the distance no matter how difficult it becomes, then all of a sudden you look up and your life doesn't resemble the life that you were born into. Your life doesn't resemble the life you had 10 years ago. Your life doesn't resemble the life you had five years ago. Why? Because you didn't become static. You saw opportunities and you executed. You took it step by step. No matter how, to, what we have found is, and what blows my mind is when I look at people in this world that we live in and I see a world of complaining people, it totally baffles me because here's what I can tell you. 
And this is why I wake up every morning with an intent of being grateful, with establishing a mindset of gratitude. Because here it is. If you're looking for something good in your world, it'll be easy to find because it's there. I don't care how bad you think it's going. If you wake up with an intent to see something good in your life, you'll see it. Here's the other side. If you wake up and you're looking for bad, you'll find it. And in it, and when you let your subconscious, your mind know that that's what you're looking for, it'll go find it in, 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 in droves and it'll start to cascade and you'll find yourself just constant complaining and you don't realize in your complaining that you're speaking and dictating your destination, your, 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 your reality. You're literally living in what you're speaking because you gave attention to wrong, uh, the negative instead of the positive. Because I tell you, if you're looking for good, you can find it. Because I'm telling you, every day I wake up and it doesn't matter what my circumstances are, I'm surrounded by the blessings of God. Listen to me. I refuse to look at what's wrong before I thank God for what's right. Again, I'm not spread, I'm not pushing religion. I'm pushing my lifestyle and my faith and my relationship with God and how I rest in this understanding that I am never going to be stuck in anything I don't want to be stuck in, that I have been given the power to make choices, to make decisions, to make moves and rise out of anything that I am not satisfied with to move into a situation that I find more pleasurable. It's not easy, though. See, that's where most people fall off. That's where most people miss it is that they want to make a move. They want the glitz and the glamour, but they're not willing to deal with the crap that comes along the climb to get to the top. See, they don't want the scratches and the scrapes, the bruises and the bumps, the, 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 the uh, ridicule, the hatred. They don't want that. See, they want to be liked, loved, have an easy road. They want to find. So they f circle into this place where everybody is pretty much doing the same thing. Nobody's criticizing anybody for their mediocrity, for their lethargy, for their lack of t intensity in doing something well, because everybody's doing it. So everybody's okay with it. So nobody really picks on me. Nobody really says anything. Nobody, what, it, what the truth is, nobody's holding you accountable for living at the level of your design. And you found comfort in that because when someone tells you, you know, I really thought you were going to do this and you just did this. I'm, I'm a little disappointed. It doesn't feel good, does it? No, it doesn't. But you need that in your life. You need that uncomfortable feeling of somebody telling you you've fallen short of what they expected so that you can stand up, square your shoulders and go get it next time. You know, no, I don't meet my own expectations. So I'm pretty sure that I'm not meeting the expectations of the people I love, not each and every day. But the thing is, I'm never satisfied with that. I'm never satisfied that there's something I can improve on. So I'm working to improve on it. I'm working to be better at it. I don't want to be in the middle. I don't want to be like everybody. I want to be like God designed me to be. But let me tell you, this idea of complaining, the things that we find to complain about, you know, it wasn't that long that blacks in this country were being worked from sunup to sundown for free. They woke up to it. They woke up to the whip. It wasn't that long after that, that they were waking up with the threat of the noose. And we walk around complaining because the Wi-Fi is slow. 
because somebody at the counter got your order wrong. Because your boss wants you to come in an hour early. When that was a time during the Great Depression, the vast majority of the people in this country were unemployed. You're worried about what you have to do to work or when you have to be to work or how you're getting to work. And, and, and even in this world today, and see this world today, there is a time where we are entering into where traditional workforce is disintegrating. And a lot of people are getting scared and a lot of people are saying, oh Lord, it's a horrible time. No, we're being pushed back into what used to be where you had to get up and you had to have an idea of who you were and you had to go out and use that idea of who you were to make a living. You couldn't get, you know, uh, you couldn't go to uh, someone. There were no corporations several thousand years ago. Yeah, you know, the, 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 the ironsmith may have had an apprentice, but at some point the apprentice would become good enough at doing what he did. He would go start his own iron business. And so what's happening with the economy now is the economy is forcing people to do it. What happened with the last major financial crisis in 2007 through 2009, 2010? What happened? More people entered into the business sector. Why? Because there weren't any jobs. Now those people are thriving, doing what they do. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying you're going to get it perfect. I'm not painting any pictures of some type of freaking utopia. That's not what I'm trying to give you. What I'm trying to give you is if you're breathing and you're healthy, you can get up and you can do something with your life, no matter what someone else says about it. A lot of us have gotten to where we depend on someone else to validate us, validate us by giving us a job, validate us by by telling us that we're good at what we do, validate us by big upping us. And the truth of the matter is you've got to feel strongly enough about who you are that you stand up and in your work ethic, you validate yourself. I want you to understand that you can't keep living life in the middle. Here's something that I can tell you from years and years of study research, observation, and experiential living and experiential observation in my own life, I can tell you that you're going to get knocked down. It's going to happen. And you, you, you're going to have to do one or two things. Stay down or get up. Adversity is inevitable. But you get to choose how you deal with it. You get to take the reins of your personal sovereignty and decide that I'm going to stand up. I'm going to be persistent. I'm going to be relentless. I tell you, that's my one word. I love uh, Evan Carmichael's book, One Word, where he talks about everybody has an identity and they have a word. If they could just really it, it, narrow down how they approach life to one word. Uh, they find that some people's one word is love. Some people one word is faith. Some people one word is perseverance. Uh, and, and, and you got to look at how have you approached life when you were doing the best in life and you were uh, achieving things, what's the one word to define how you got through it? You know, and there are a lot of adjectives used to define me by people who know me. And I thank them for them. I thank them for thinking, you know, I get, I, I get told I'm brilliant. I get told that, 
you know, a bunch of, you know, I hear the word genius, a bunch of stuff that has to do with my mind. But I, I tell people all the time, you know, my, my thing is there are a bunch of people out there that know way more than me. There are a bunch of people out there that have killed what I'm trying to learn already. And so I don't see myself, I see myself as a learner. But what, 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 what I tell people is, you know how I've been successful? You know how I got to 21 books published when the, I was told that the first book couldn't be published, although it was well written and it touched on something? The reason it wasn't going to be published is because the market wasn't big enough for it and that investors wouldn't put money into a marketing plan that wouldn't wouldn't produce and it just the numbers don't add up and I was told that by several different publishing companies and I wanted a particular type of publishing company so I went to those types of publishing companies and I got the same response and then I figured it out and I'm at 21 books you know why I'm relentless that's my one word relentless I will not quit I will not be broken I will not be shut down I will not fold. I will not turn back. I will not cower. I am going to stand up and I'm going to push through to be the best man I can be. See, and that's another thing. We've got to find out how to uh, define success in ways we absolutely 100% control. Yes, you can go out and you can put that money in and you can do what you need to do and you can earn a living. You've got to be able to do that. You've got to be able to go out there. You've got to get that. That's something you got to work on. you got to build on. But what I'm talking about is when the money gets funny, how do you maintain? See, if you start to find yourself by money and, and things happen and things will happen, uh, there's a study that says the average millionaire goes broke at least three times over the course of their lives. And there's all the reasons why I'm not going to get into that. But if you want to learn it, you can join the Mastering Money uh, financial course. You know, uh, and so if all I do is survive, uh, uh, define myself by the number of zeros in my account. When those zeros uh, dwindle away or they change in a negative manner, how do I sustain myself in my self-esteem, my self-confidence, everything I'm going to need to rise back up and even fix that financial problem? How do I sustain myself? You got to find something that you control. Number one is you absolutely 100% control your happiness. The problem is we give the power of our happiness to everything except ourselves. I got to have this to be happy. This person's got to be in my life to be happy. This person's got to do this for me to be happy. And then you've got all these expectations for all these things outside of yourself. And now you're trying to make them all align so you can be happy. So you find out you're very rarely happy because it's very difficult to get all that external stuff aligned. But when you start to find out that I'm going to look inside of myself and I'm going to find a reason to be happy. See, when I wake up in the morning and I look over to my left and I see my wife, there's a reason to be thankful, grateful, and happy. But it's not just in the fact she's there. It's in the fact that she's touched my life. So people ask, what if God forbid, and they always put, what if God forbid something happens to her? Well, if God forbid something happens to her, it doesn't take away the fact that she's touched my life already. Yes, every day she's there, that's an unbelievable blessing. But I entered into it understanding that life comes to an end at some point and I want to get the most I can out of it with her. So I live every day to love her. Even when we're not on the same page, even when we're not on the same page, I love her. See, there's a difference in liking and loving. Sometimes you don't like a person, but you love them. And, 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 and you love them at a way that makes you execute your responsibility to them. I don't like the word obligation. Obligation makes it seem like it's something forced on you. It's a responsibility that I took on. And I took it on and I said I would love her. 
through sickness and health, through rich and poor, through good and bad, bad and all of this other stuff that I've made a promise, plus the personal vows that we spoke to each other. And nowhere in my vows did I sit up and say, when I feel like it. So I wake up every day and I look at her and I say, I got time and she loves me back. And so I hope I have that for the next 50 years, but for whatever reason, at some point I don't. She touched me and I'll have that. And I'll wake up every day for the rest of my life grateful for that. So I haven't even gotten out the bed yet and I'm already on a high. Why? Because I chose to be grateful. I've chosen to be happy. And that's something that can't be taken away from me by momentary affliction. I'm going to come talk to y'all about momentary affliction a little later. But, uh, but, but see, momentary affliction doesn't take my happiness it may shake me, but it doesn't rob me of my joy because my joy is centered in the things that I've decided that I'm eternally grateful for. Eternal gratitude is something you've got to develop inside of yourself. Yeah, see, when you start to do that, guess what happens? There's an energy about you that will start to repel the negativity around you. You'll start to find some of the things that you were finding difficult to get other things to take place in your life, whether it's people, whether it's things, whether it's opportunities, start to come in line. Why? Because they're responding to the positive energy, the high level of frequency and vibration that you're emitting because you decided to be grateful despite a momentary circumstance or situation. You've decided that you've got enough. Mm. You know, something, it just popped in my head. It almost knocked me off my feet. And it's something that I'm trying to maintain my composure because it hit me that hard. It's something my grandmother used to say. And again, I'm not viewing it from a religious perspective. That's what she was, but it was powerful because it kept her. That's why I don't dig at people about how they look at God, because everybody's got to have that relationship. And I, I don't want to snatch that or attack that for anybody. I want you to optimize it. I want you to find God so closely that you trust him. That's it. But I remember her telling me, excuse me, but I remember her telling me if God never does anything else, he's already done enough. And I'm grateful. That's where I am in my life. If nothing else happens, I still have enough in my life to be grateful for. I have enough in my life to continue to give. God has done so much for me in my life that if nothing else goes my way, I still will continue to give, continue to help, to continue to speak, to continue to love on people. Why? Because just in that alone is power. I don't know where that came from, but it hit me up. But I mean, that's where you got to be. You got to stop looking in the moment. And I believe it was Jeremiah and limitations. And I say this all the time. They sit up and, you know, when things got rough, he said, wait a minute. You know, this happened, that happened, that happened. All this stuff should have took me out, but here I am. He says, so these things that, 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 that I can look at and thought I was out of the game, but came up in the game, these things I recall to mind. Therefore, I have hope. Great is thy faithfulness. Now, look, look, look. Again, 
not pushing anything on you by way of faith because you got a right to see God and meet God where you're at. That's for you and God to work out. What I want you to see is that you're not here by accident. If you're not here by accident, you're here by purpose and design. And purpose and execution is how you're going to honor the opportunity to have been here. Not by living in the middle. Not by easing through something. Not by settling. But by standing up and demanding more of yourself than you've ever thought you were capable of giving. Again, if the vision you have for your life is not so huge that you wake up and it's intimidating, you're probably insulting God because you've probably taken an easy way out. You're probably balking on your potential. You're probably skating through life, not really living at the level of your design, not fulfilling your potential, taking your potential to the grave. It was the great Dr. Miles Monroe who said that the graveyard is the wealthiest place on the planet. He said that you will find books not written, inventions not created, speeches, sermons not given, businesses not started, poems not spoken. I mean, just so much that God said on you, songs not sung, that, that God placed in you, gave you a gift, and you didn't actualize the potential. You didn't live life to the fullness of the gift, and you took the gift and all that it had to offer to the grave. Hmm. That's not what you want to be in this life. What you want to be in this life is the person that stood up, squared their shoulders and said, I'm going to live life at the level of my design. I'm going to give life everything I have. I'm going to touch the lives of people. I'm going to change the world. I'm going to leave my imprint. I'm going to turn around and everything that moved against me in the past, I'm going to rise above it. And, I, and despite of it, I'm going to be a blessing in this world. That's my legacy. I came, I saw, I conquered. You want to live a life that speaks of you long after you're gone. You want a life that's, we talk about certain people, whether you agree with them or not, we talk about them because they lived a life in full. Mother Teresa, Marcus Garvey, Malcolm X, Martin, they gave, while they were here, Martin and Malcolm died at 39. But while they were here, no matter which philosophy you jumped in on, they lived it. And, Ma and Martin said it in a way that just totally shakes me. Malcolm is my hero, but Martin had a way of saying things. And I'm not being disrespectful when I call him Martin or Malcolm because they're both heroes to me, but Malcolm is like, wow. But Martin, to be able to see where he had made some wrong turns and was seeing things wrong and to make that adjustment, knowing that it would cost him his life, I give him all the props. But something he said that made his death make sense. He said that if a man doesn't have something for which he's willing to die, he's not fit to live. And so it made me, when I first heard him say, okay, what in this life am I willing to die for? And I start to make a list. What am I willing to die for? 
What am I willing to stand on? What will I not compromise on? I will not compromise on protecting my wife and my family. I will gladly die for that. I'll gladly die to speak the truth to power for a people that has been marginalized and oppressed. I will not be bought off. I will not be scared away. You've got to have something that takes away the fear of failure, the fear of disapproval, the fear of being harmed, the fear of, 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 of falling. You've got to have something that makes you say no matter what. But what I can tell you is this, as I close out, live your life on full. Stop living in the middle and live your life on full. Go out and make a difference in this world. Go out and make a difference in this world. God planted a gift inside of everybody. Like I said, I've had the unbelievable opportunity and honor of working with all types of people. I've worked with children with autism, children with Down syndrome, children who have been declared to have learning disabilities, adults. Uh, who come from impoverished households, adults who came from sexual abuse in their childhood. I've worked with, and I can tell you no matter how dark it was, no matter how much poverty you came from, no matter what people said about them, that I could look in there and that was a gift. Every child with autism, I found the gift. And I'm not saying I'm special, I'm saying they're special. I've just learned to look for what's special in people instead of what's wrong. I came to a place where I decided it's much more fulfilling to find the good in someone than to tear them down because of the bad. That you got to build in order to elevate. And so that's what I'm going to leave with you. I'm going to leave that with you. God didn't place you here to be average. God didn't place you here to live a mediocre life and simply exist. And some of you are not even existing. You're barely surviving and think that's your lot in life. That doesn't represent God well. If you really think about it, being who you are is a representation of the designer, the creator, the God, the most high. And if all people ever see in you is Barely getting by, getting your butt kicked, stomped on, kicked on. And all you talk about is God. That's not a good representation of God. You need to find God. I don't mean in a religious sense. I mean find God. Sit down. If you're if you're at a church, talk to your pastor and get a get get a way to understand and get there. Find you somebody that can show you how to sit down and literally connect with God. I'm not talking about praying practiced prayers that you learned as a child. I'm talking about laying it there and becoming intimate, having conversations, listening, obviously not with your physical ears, but see, you got something deeper inside of you planted there. It's your spiritual existence. It's your whole energy. And that hears God. Trust me. I'm going to get off of here. I wasn't expecting this to go like this, but it is what it is. And, uh, Hey, it's up to you. And for those of you who want to really, really take a, a jump or a leap, reach out to me. I have a couple of spaces.
and I would love to work with you, but I'm going to tell you, I'm intense and I demand commitment. If you're not going to stick with it, I'm not the one. Um, and no, uh, it, it, it's not free, but I guarantee you, you talk to anybody who's worked with me, they will tell you that the value that they get out of it is far more than what they're paying. Uh, that's my goal. That's something my grandfather taught me. Always give more than what you're asking. Anyway, on that note, I'm going to get off here. Uh, like I told you in the beginning of the video, I'm going to come back and I'm going to put some resources in here so you guys can uh, access them uh, and use them to your benefit. But on that note, I'm going to check out of here. You guys have an unbelievable day. Uh, go out and live life at the level of your design. Honor God's trust in you by living the fullness of what you were put here to do. On that note, I'm out.